0: Hello, and welcome to Coffee & Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee & Code is your weekly rundown for the latest top tech news from around the world delivered every Wednesday. On this show, you'll find a mix of the latest news in the tech world, including privacy, infosec, startups, and more, including interviews with experts, innovators, and practical everyday tech tips to level up your life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-C-O-F-F-E-Y underscore. And on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Today I'll be covering all the new stuff that Google announced in their annual hardware event today, Twitter's voice tweets that are rolling out to more iOS users with transcriptions along the way, and Amazon's new hand-scanning payment option. Let's dive in! Google's annual hardware event happened today, and to make things easy for you, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of everything that they announced, including the Google Pixel 5, a new TV interface, and an upgraded smart speaker. Google's latest mobile flagship, the Pixel 5, comes in a 100% recycled aluminum body and offers reverse wireless charging. So in other words, you can use the Pixel 5's battery to charge other devices, which is pretty cool. There's a 6-inch display, and the whole package costs $699. Pre-order started today with the phone available in 9 countries on October 15th. In addition to the Pixel 5, Google also announced the 5G version of the Pixel 4a, which will cost $499, with specs that are closer to the Pixel 5 than the existing 4a. This one will be available in Japan on October 15th and then launches in the U.S. and elsewhere sometime in November. Both phones come with improved cameras, including a new ultra-wide lens in the back. And beyond the hardware, Google also said it's introducing a new Google Assistant feature, which will stay on the line for you when you make a call and then get put on hold, and then send you an alert when someone picks up. That is amazing. Think of how much time that would save you from being on hold, my goodness. Google TV, at least in this iteration, is the company's name for a new interface bringing streaming, live TV, and other services together all in one place. It includes most existing streaming services while also offering live TV via YouTube TV. And Google seems to be putting a lot of resources into the voice search experience. The interface is included as part of the new Chromecast with Google TV, which also adds a remote control to Google's streaming dongle and costs $49. Word of the day today is dongle. Nest Audio is the successor to Google Home, the Google's mid-range smart speaker. Google said the device will offer more bass, increased volume, and clearer sound. And the form factor is closer to the Google Home Mini and Google Home Max. The Nest Audio smart speaker will cost $99 and will be available starting October 5th, right around the corner. If you take a look at the form factor of the Nest Audio, it's very minimalistic, really cool. Um, Interesting that they're titling it Nest. Um, Yeah, I had no idea that the Nest thermostat actually has the speakers in that. I learned that recently. Um, We have the earlier version, which doesn't have a speaker, but interesting data coming out of that, I'm sure. Twitter's voice tweets are rolling out to more iOS users and transcriptions are on the way. Twitter has just expanded its Voice Tweets feature, which lets you record a snippet of audio to include with a tweet to more users on iOS. But perhaps more significantly, Twitter is now saying it plans to add transcriptions to Voice Tweets to improve accessibility, which could help address criticisms from the feature's June 17th launch. Without any way to see a transcription, voice tweets were quickly criticized for not being accessible. And then it came to light that there actually wasn't a dedicated team at Twitter for accessibility. Instead, the company asked employees to volunteer their time on top of usual work to focus on accessibility. And that all meant that one day after voice tweets were announced, the company said that it was, quote, exploring how to make a more dedicated group focused on accessibility. Twitter has since announced two new teams dedicated to accessibility on September 2nd, one promoting accessibility within Twitter's products and one focusing on accessibility for Twitter as a business. And as a part of that announcement, Twitter said it's planning to add automated captions to audio and video on the platform by early 2021. It's unclear when transcriptions might be available in voice tweets, and Twitter hasn't made this clear and announced it. And if you want to try voice tweets on other platforms, you might have to wait a while. The company said on its Twitter support account that voice tweets would be coming to Android and the web sometime in 2021. Twitter also plans to start testing voice DMs soon, and they will start that in Brazil. So this is interesting here, and as a side note, I am heavily involved in um, accessibility in the technology world. Um, I attended several conferences in 2019 based on XR Access, so XR Accessibility, and through this group, I've been able to meet some amazing people um, in academia and enterprise that are working on accessibility. Right now, there really are no standards for accessibility for the emerging technologies that we we know and use. Um, so, therefore, I mean, it's not required for developers to bake that in. At, at the beginning, it's kind of an, an afterthought, which is unfortunate. And unfortunately, these these large companies are are asking their employees to volunteer their time to to research and make things more accessible, which is un- completely unfair. Um, accessibility should never be an afterthought <clears throat> and if you that are listening are in a position to um, build an accessibility team I think it's really important to to go through that endeavor and, and bring those voices to the table that can help make tech more accessible to all regardless of ability um, yeah those are my thoughts Amazon will now let you pay with your palm in its stores, and it hopes at other retailers' stores in the future. Amazon accounts for nearly 40% of e-commerce sales in the U.S. today, and it takes a cut of even more online shopping by selling payment services and other technologies to external shopping sites. Now, the online retail giant is making a play to grab a piece of brick-and-mortar shopping too, And it wants customers to literally lend a hand to do it. Amazon on Tuesday is unveiling a new biometric technology called Amazon One that allows shoppers to pay at stores by placing their palm over a scanning device when they walk in the door or when they check out. The first time they register to use this technology, a customer will scan their palm and insert their payment card at a terminal. And after that, they can simply pay with their hand. The hand-scanning tech isn't just for Amazon's own stores, and the company hopes to sell it to other retailers, including competitors, as well. The technology will be available at the entrance of two of the company's Amazon Go cashierless convenience stores in Seattle, Washington, starting Tuesday, and will roll out to the rest of the chain's 20-plus stores in the future. In December... Amazon had filed a patent application for such a hand-payment technology. The technology could also show up in Whole Foods stores, with Amazon hinting in a press release that it will introduce Palm payments in the coming months at its other stores beyond its Amazon Go locations. But the Amazon executive, Kumar, did make it clear that the company expects to sell the technology to other retailers, Like it began doing earlier this year with its just walkout technology, the cocktail of cameras, sensors, and computer vision software that powers Amazon Go stores. Kumar said the Amazon One pitch to other retailers is straightforward. Reduce friction for your customers at checkout, thereby shortening lines and increasing how many shoppers are served along the way. Amazon plans to license these two homegrown technologies to other retailers, whether competitor or not. It's the real story. Amazon isn't satisfied with e-commerce dominance, and it wants to earn a cut of more transactions in the physical retail world, where 80-something percent of commerce still takes place in the U.S., So it's building out a futuristic suite of services to court other retailers while showcasing the technology in its own stores as case studies. One obvious question is whether retailers, many of which consider Amazon a competitor of one sort or or another, will want to do business with the tech giant. Kumar pointed to Amazon Web Services, the company's $40 billion division that leases computer power, data storage, and myriad software capabilities to Internet companies big and small, as an example of an Amazon offering that attracts competitors. Amazon will collect data on where Amazon One customers shop when they use the payment option, but it will not know what shoppers purchase or how much they spend inside third-party retail stores. An Amazon spokesperson said the company has no plans to use the transaction information from third-party locations for Amazon advertising or other purposes. And shoppers can sign up for the service without linking it to an Amazon customer account if they choose. Another question is whether enough people will be willing to hand over scans of their hands to Amazon in order to save a bit of time at checkout. It's true that no-touch payment method might be more attractive today during the COVID-19 pandemic than even a year ago. But new payment methods often face steep adoption challenges, and that's even when biometrics aren't involved. Biometric tracking poses a host of privacy concerns, including the potential of targeted hacking or a mass data breach. Kumar, the Amazon executive, said the more locations where Amazon can introduce the technology the more valuable customers will find it and be willing to give it a try. That's why the company plans to pitch other use cases beyond payments. Kumara also said Amazon is discussing with potential partners the idea of linking palm scans with building IDs to replace office ID cards or with even tickets for stadiums or arenas. Two settings that don't sound especially appealing during a global health crisis, but maybe in the future when gathering in a crowd won't pose serious health risks. The executive added that Amazon chose palm scans over the biometric, other biometric options for a few reasons. One, he said, is that it's not easy for a bad actor to identify a person by simply viewing an image of their hand if that material ever leaked. Another is the uniqueness of each person's hand. Quote, even identical twins have many differences in their palm structure, end quote. A spokesperson also added that the images are encrypted when scanned and then sent to a highly secure area that was custom built in the cloud for analysis and storage. To some, the upside still won't be worth it. But Apple's Touch ID fingerprint scanning tech and its Face ID face scanning tech also seemed a little crazy at first, until they weren't. And if enough customers trust with the trade-off, physical retailers will face an interesting dilemma. Chase the future by aligning with the most powerful tech company in retail, or stick to the present and hope their customers don't stray as a result. Entering stuff here, I don't know personally if I would have my palm scanned and sent to Amazon. It's just a little bit beyond my comfort zone. But for now, I'll stick with Apple Pay. I think that's a private way to pay, it's contactless. I use it at Whole Foods um, and any other place that I can. Um, Yeah. I, I can imagine a few years from now walking into a grocery store or a retailer and paying with my palm. I feel like that would just make shopping a little bit too easy. It's time for your weekly tech tip. This week's tech tip is going to be focusing on a cool new feature in iOS 14 called widgets. You may have seen some popular widget arrangements floating around on the internet, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, pull out your phone, make sure you are upgraded to iOS 14, and if you're not, make sure you back up your phone before you do so and update to iOS 14. Um, But if you do have iOS 14, to access the widgets feature from your home screen, you'll take your finger and you'll press and hold down on your home screen that's already unlocked until all of your icons start wiggling around. Um, And from there, you'll see a plus sign in the top left-hand corner. You will click on that and there will be a pop-up screen that allows you to see the available widgets or you can search the widgets at the very top. This is really cool because it kind of gives you some suggestions at the very top based on your user experience. And you can really customize this to make it work for you. So what I've done on my home screen is I've added a little news widget at the very top left-hand corner and I can also navigate to different apps that I use on a regular basis without having to switch those apps. So what I mean by that is that this is kind of a rotating widget here. It has little dots on the right-hand side so I can scroll from news to photos, to maps, to my reminders, um, to the weather or my calendar, what's coming up next. It's a really good way to kind of a dashboard, high-level overview of what's going on throughout your day without necessarily having to dive too far into the apps themselves. Um, I like it. I've seen some really cool use cases of people really um, customizing their their widgets um, to make it look fun and interesting. So that is your tech tip for the week let me know what you think before i leave you today i would like to give a special thank you to just good coffee company the official coffee partner of coffee and code just good coffee offers a carefully crafted selection of coffee from some of the most revered coffee producing regions around the world their commitment to offering exceptionally good experiences extends beyond just the products themselves but extends well into the community, which is awesome. Their mission is simple, to offer good coffee and coffee for good. From cup to community, that is the sole purpose of Just Good Coffee. Be sure to check out their newest culture collection. These blends are carefully crafted and roasted to perfection, each with origins from within the great continent of Africa. You can find them at justgoodcoffee.co. I am personally a huge fan of this coffee. It tastes so good. Um, I drink it while I'm recording this. And um, nothing but good things to say about this coffee company. Shout out to my friend Ray. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. And be sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes of Coffee and Code go live.